Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi. And welcome to Pattern Portraits, an artwork and podcast by me, Lauren Godfrey. Each episode, I speak with a fellow pattern lover in the creative industries about their relationship to pattern and colour and how surrounding themselves with pattern serves as a kind of armour. Each guest has selected some textiles special to them, which we will discuss using the patterns to delve into their stories. I've also created an accompanying artwork, an abstract pattern portrait of the sitter through their patterns made from jesmonite inlaid with perspex and brass, and a resulting print will be available to purchase. There'll be an exhibition of all the artworks, and the prints are available on my website, laurengodfrey.co.uk. Follow Lauren Godfrey Studio and Pattern Portraits Podcast on Instagram to stay in the loop. And welcome to Pattern Portraits. Today I'm speaking with Bethany Rutter, an author rewriting the narrative around body image and identity. She's a ray of sunshine and a beacon of positivity. A podcaster herself, she co-hosts the literary podcast What Page Are You On? with fellow writer Alice Slater. Bethany has published three novels with a fourth and fifth coming out next year. Bethany's been blogging about fashion for many years and has used her platform to challenge the fashion industry on its shortcomings regarding inclusivity. She's never far from a bold pattern or a bright colour and is a prolific maker, often to be found crocheting or sculpting accessories and garments. She's designed clothing collections for plus-size fashion brand Navabi and even co-designed her own emerald green gem of a wedding dress. Bethany, welcome to Pattern Portrait. That's me. You said everything. <laughs> everything there is to say about me. <laughs> Should we end it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. We're done. So uh, I guess it would be nice to start with finding out from you what pattern means to you. Um, yeah, I I like things. Like I'm a very kind of like thing object oriented person and I feel like I've just had to accept that about myself rather than be like, oh no, it's like vain or silly or frivolous. Um 
and yeah just I don't know just growing up like my dad like collected China like um Claris Cliff and Susie Cooper China and like my parents were both like quite into clothes and I just feel like I don't know yeah like pattern was always just something that was very like p- pleasing to my eyes in all mm. of the objects mm. did the things I don't know Clarence Cliff is that pa- is that Clarice Cliff yeah it's like patterned kind of like mid-century-ish China okay yeah. oh nice Okay, I can picture it now. They're slightly fluted. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I lose track of which ones are which, but I just remember like looking in charity shops and like antique shops and stuff for it as a child. Um, But yeah, just pleasing to the eye. Mm, Nice. Okay. And um, the patterns that surrounded you, do they inform your use of pattern now? Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so, but actually, when I think about it, like curtains that we had in the first house that I lived in were like um kind of like cool like you know not a million miles away from like the shirt that you're wearing um and like little William Morris coasters and stuff like that and that is kind of what I perceive as nice now Mm. yeah I guess it kind of infiltrates your mind in a way that you don't even realize like when I look back at photos of our first house when I was a kid it was all like habitat kind of jazzy curtains I mean it was like the 90s yeah exactly yeah so of course it was that kind of thing and I realized that I've not strayed far from my nest in terms of my likes yeah um yeah I think it we're drawn to what we what we grew up with can you tell me what patterns you find most empowering so empowering for me um you could go down like two routes. One is things that are like bright or attention grabbing. Um, but there's also the, the kind of specific mantras around like dressing when you are plus size. And like obviously the biggest one that everyone talks about is like you don't wear horizontal stripes because okay. it makes you look bigger. So I do find like wearing horizontal stripes is very like this is a thing. You know, we grew up, as I was talking, I talked about this recently on Instagram, like we grew up in the age of like Trini and Susanna, what not to wear. They've got a lot to answer for. And it was so interesting just to see like what, how many people had retained so much stuff that they had learned like in the dark noughties through like, you know, Trini and Susanna, heat circle of shame, um, mm. that kind of thing. And so, yeah, like the horizontal stripes thing really embeds itself in one's mind. Mm, so you mean when you then wear horizontal stripes, you feel like it's a kind of two fingers up? Yeah, yeah, just like, yeah, this is this is what I want to wear and I'm going to wear it rather than being like, ooh, but I'm not, it's, it's not allowed. Mm, I think I have a bit of an aversion to wrap dresses because of them, because that was what they said people with sort of larger boobs and smaller waists yeah. should wear. And I'm like... I yeah. actually kind of push against I don't want to I don't want to wear a wrap dress exactly whereas like it, it so could normal. be nice it could be nice <laughs> on you but now you it's it like for better or for worse you end up with these like retained either like I can't do this or they told me to do it and now I hate it like mm. it's just very dark groundwork so can you tell me about your first fabric uh one of the fabrics that you chose um is this teal kind of leopard printy large oversized leopard print I would describe it as with like orange splotches and like pink bits in the in the leopard print so this is one that I designed no that's not true I did not design this pattern I designed the clothes that use this fabric so I worked before I was made redundant during the pandemic 
I spent several years working in social media and marketing at a women's plus size fashion brand called Navabi, based in Germany. They've been sold now, kind of doesn't exist anymore, which is sad. Um, but I have, I had like the best boss who I loved. Um, and he was just like, Bethany, do you want to design some clothes? And I was like, do I ever, Dan? Thank what you so much. What a nice man you are. Um, what was your role there? So I was like, Copy I just writing. did like social media marketing. Okay. Um, so it was not, not nothing to do with design, but I was one of the few plus size people that worked there and he knew that I was like very interested in clothes and that's why he'd hired me. So yeah, just seemed like a good idea. Um, and I had pretty free reign in terms of what I designed, especially in the first collection, which was very like color block. And one of the reasons that I did the first collection, which this is not from this pattern, was that I knew that we would not be able to design our own patterns for okay. it. Um, that that was like one of the constraints. So I just went very like bold, monochrome colors so like you know pink red green blue like but everything was kind of one color but then I um designed more and even though we couldn't design our own patterns for it I really wanted to have like leopard print so I just sort of looked for a leopard print that like spoke to me and I wanted like a big leopard print because I think that's more chic than a small leopard print yeah. and I liked that it was like not trad um like neutral colors and I just found it very like fun and cute and it was very like bold and it felt like something that I would wear mm. and I wear I've worn I designed like a boxy short sleeve shirt and a dress a long sleeve dress and I wear the shirt so much like in the summer like my default summer outfit is like that shirt with like plissé culottes I would literally nice. wear it all the time because it's so like lightweight but like fun and statement too I love it mm, that's so nice so the what did it kind of teach you the process of designing the clothes rather than just selecting what did you discover what did I discover I discovered I was really pleasantly surprised that I thought I would get like quite a lot of pushback on what I wanted to do um, because obviously like my, what I want in clothes is was not necessarily what the brand that I worked for thought their customers wanted. Mm -hmm. um, there was quite a big gulf between like what I felt was missing from the world and what they were providing to the customers. So I was expecting to like want something and they'd be like, no, we have to do it like this and it's make it more sell. boring. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like very pleasantly surprised to find that I kind of got my way with most things. Great. So that was nice. Full and trust. I, yeah, I still have like, there were some things that I designed that I just didn't really end up wearing. So over the years I got rid of them, but there's stuff that I still wear like all the time. And did it sell well? Yeah, it. as far as I remember, it did, and at least well enough for me to do a few more. Oh, nice. Yeah. Great. So this was from a later one. This was from, I think, maybe the last one that I did. Um, yeah, delightful. That's so good. I'm really, like, proud of them. Yeah, me too. That trust in you yeah. And proud of you for making an amazing collection. Thank you. Um, and for selecting such great fabric. Because I do agree, like... Um, leopard print I think it's a particularly empowering fabric mm. in itself I remember having a like a kind of scoop neck t-shirt as a sort of teenager maybe I was like 15 that was leopard print from Topshop and it every time I put it on I kind of felt a bit like a barmaid for EastEnders and I loved it yeah like it almost like it I embodied a particular character that felt 
more bolshy than mm. I was and therefore it somehow gave me that power um and yeah I maybe it's one of my earliest memories of consciously putting on something that that sort of had an effect yeah yeah and I and I remember feeling like okay I can take on the world in this and it was just a leopard print mm. top but it felt it was the beginning of something yeah yeah um I can so, see it with leopard print yeah I love a full leopard print. Actually, I wore leopard print to your wedding. Yes, a you did. Suit. Yes, yeah. I love also that. Also from Topshop. <laughs> R.I.P. I know. I've I've spoken too much about Topshop on this podcast already. <laughs> I guess for many people, not me, it is like a, a foundational, you know, clothes shopping memory. Not because not for you because they didn't do plus size. They didn't do. So I was like the top end of what Topshop did so like sometimes it would fit but most of the time it wouldn't right can you talk a bit about the kind of way it feels to not be able to go into a shop it's just something that is just not in my mind as like an option like very rarely it I, I will remember that it is possible but for so long you know between like being plus size pandemic um working for an online retailer I just really like got like out of oh and also I don't tend to buy fast fashion like that's mm -hmm. the thing that I kind of tried to give up um in like 2019 and since then have like really really reduced my consumption of fast fashion of any kind um to like the bare bare minimum and <clears throat> between all of those things I just got out of the habit of going to shops and so it just I, I just forget that it's a thing that I can do mm, um, I, I think yeah. it makes you really thrifty to have to avoid that mm. and also as somebody who maybe has to seek out something more precise it's sort of yeah it creates a bit more of a mission around it which can yeah. be good and bad I mean it must have been at times really frustrating that you can't just go and get something yeah it, especially it's, as I imagine as a younger person like yeah now, before I was like as intentional about yeah. clothing as I am but yeah like it was you know annoying difficult um kind of embarrassing weird feeling um you know just this like fundamental thing that you're meant to be able to do and then to not be able to do it is not not great and mm. it's just it's you know obviously this is a you know, th this is not a conversation a podcast about like fashion in general or like bodies or whatever but it just seems so so um wildly unbusiness minded to cut out such a you know significant proportion of the population for basically like vanity mm. to just be like well they don't look the way that we want our customers to look so it doesn't matter that they want or need clothes mm, definitely preposterous indeed can you tell me about designing your own wedding dress yeah so i i sort of knew that of all of the objects that one could be shopping for a wedding dress would probably be the most stressful and also like the one with the fewest options if you are not thin so I just thought I don't want to be restricted to having to go to like David's bridal or like buying it online and hoping for the best to get like a trad wedding dress and then I thought, like, actually, do I want, like, a trad wedding dress? Like, what do I actually want? Like, if I could invent a dress that, like, speaks to me, what would it be? And so I had this friend slash acquaintance called Sarah Brown who had studied fashion design at university. She'd worked at various designers. 
and just said to her like would you be up for doing this I completely understand if you wouldn't and she was like no I'm up for it and so I just described to her what I wanted she did it and um so she actually designed it but didn't make it herself she she got um uh I don't know what what a tailor I I don't know what the male version of a seamstress is um a man who makes clothes to manufacture yeah a seamster yes exactly (laughs) um uh to make it and that was how we did it and it was really fun and it was exactly what I wanted nice and it looked phenomenal it looked so good I now would like I think I'm going to get someone to do surgery on it to make it short sleeved so that I will wear it more Mm. I think it's really nice to have wedding clothes that can live on exactly the environment in which they're expected to be and I think something that's nice about like growing up and being an adult is being able to be like what do I actually want like do I actually want like a strapless white dress with you know a puffy bottom and like maybe I you know if I had it would have been completely fine to wear that but like you know as you know it's actually kind of nicer to look like yourself mm. when you are getting married rather than like a bride. Um, and maybe you have a vision for yourself and it looks like a bride and in which case you should wear like a, a white dress or, you know, whatever. But I just thought, what do I actually want? Yeah. Like, I don't care about looking like a bride. I All I care about is, you know, being married rather than like getting married. So yeah, it was nice. a good excuse for a nice dress. Nice. Um I wore a dress I already had for my wedding, which was very last minute, as you know. Very chic. Um, We had a 29-day notice period from deciding to get married and getting married, which is the shortest you can have. And it was in the middle of COVID. I think you were there online. I was there online. You Zoom cast it. And um, yeah, I wore a vintage dress that I already had that was like a 1960s kind of shift dress with little cap sleeves and then this big red tick along the front, almost like a Nike tick, but it's not Nike. It's like a vintage dress that I'd had for a long time. I bought from like, you know, Dorno Porter? Had a yeah, 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 shop. yeah. Uh, I bought it from her like vintage selection. Um, and then I wore my dream shoes, which are the Gucci loafers, yeah. which are the gift that keeps on giving. And I always joke that we had the world's cheapest wedding if I hadn't have bought the shoes. <laughs> I love the bag. Was that the bag was a gift from the someone, wasn't it? The bag was a gift. That was a gift from my friend Karen. Yes. Um, Who I'm sure we'll be talking about we imminently. Will, well, we will, yes. And uh, yeah, that was really nice. It was like my wedding present. And Alex was like, wait a minute, that's not really a wedding present for us. And I was like, <laughs> sorry. Sucks to be you. <laughs> and then my other very good friend bought me the flowers from Sage Flowers. So yeah, it was a nice day. It was, it was, a, it was a, And it was such know, a good look. It was a good look. I was very proud of the look. Um, I would like to talk to you about your next fabric because we just mentioned Karen. We and did. It seems kind of perfect to move on to speak about Karen. So... Um, this next fabric is a very special one to both of us, I think. It's a um, scarf, I'm assuming. No, it's actually pyjamas. It's the pyjamas, yeah. Excellent. Okay, even better. Uh, so it's um, pyjamas, and it is printed with um, Agatha Christie books. Yes. Illustrated by the amazing Karen Maven, who's one of our friends. Yes. Um, tell me about this pattern. So as you said at the beginning, I have a books podcast. I um, love, I also write books, um, but in general, just like love reading, love books. Um, and I just think the collab between Agatha Christie and Karen Maybon so chic. Excellent. Just so yeah. cool. Like what a cool little thing. She's always doing these cool little things, isn't she? Yeah. 
Yeah, she managed to make everything look cool, like even the queen. Like she even <laughs> makes Buckingham Palace kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I loved this one. It's on like a pink base and um, just got loads of like illustrated covers of books. Um, and they just look great. And I wear them a lot. They're very comfortable. Um, but yeah, I just love them. I just think they're they're so fun. And I think fun is important. Incredibly important. Yes. And I think Karen's stuff is very playful and fun, but also like it doesn't feel like it compromises on being stylish. Yes. In favour of fun. But yeah, I, d- I love her. I love everything she does. I think it's so fun and eye-catching. And it's the kind of thing that if you wear it, people are like, what is that? Like, where did you get that? Not the pyjamas, but like other things. Because mm-hmm. I don't tend to be around many people in my pyjamas other than my husband. Do you wear them out? Um, I have not, but I have a friend, Jo Bromelow, who's very stylish and wears very, very bold clothes. And she often wears Karen Maybon um, pyjama tops as tops. Mm-hmm. And I recently bought a Rixo pyjama set in the Liberty Sale that I've decided to own as outdoor clothes. Thing. I likewise have that from a sample sale. Not the black probably one. the same one, but no. Mine's green with like puffy sleeves. Cool. But, it's, but yeah, it's like an excellent outdoor yeah. outdoor item. So I'm yeah, I wore it as like a fake jumpsuit the other day with a belt and but I'm gonna wear it like separately as well. Um, nice. Yeah, I just think I'm why not? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I can do what I want. Also, you say you're not normally around that many people in your pajamas, but with the wonders of social media. True, people do see uh, them quite You a lot. have thousands of people watching you in your pyjamas. True. So. They might as well be Karen Maybon ones. Yes, exactly. But yeah, I love, <laughs> I really love that, um, that set. And yeah, really happy to have discovered her. But then realising that if I hadn't discovered her independently, I would have discovered her like months later after meeting my husband, who is friends with your husband, and you know Karen, I would have found, she yeah. would have, we would have found each other anyway. Absolutely. I think if it's meant to be, it exactly. will happen. I'm eternally grateful for Paul introducing me to you. So, Aww. you know, it goes on and on. It goes on and on. Um, can you tell me if there's a particular way that you dress when you write? I am very... So something that I think is very important about writing, like I'm very loath to give like writing advice or like be prescriptive in any way about writing. But I think the only important thing about writing is to like just do it and not have like rituals around it and not like make it difficult for yourself and not be like, I can only write under these conditions at this time in this special magical notebook. So I'm very like, I will just like write in my bed on my laptop in my pajamas. So no, I I barely even get dressed to write. Nice. Well, the pajamas are probably Karen Maven though, so yes, it's fine. Yes, true. Everything's fine. Do you actually sleep in them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah. I have quite a few set, few sets, and I cannot sleep in them because I get all sort of stressed about scrumpling them or something. I love to scrumple. Uh, yeah, and I just can't. I just can't. They're I too can't precious. Do it. I need to sleep in like leggings and a t-shirt that's like held together like a rag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So there you go, you heard it here first. Um, Can you tell me about dressing characters? How do you consider your characters? And a lot of them are plus size as well, so you must take that into consideration in terms of how. Yeah, so I really like writing about clothes that's something that comes up a lot when I read other people's books especially and I you know I don't want to get like boring gender wars about this but often like characters written by men where they describe clothes and I'm like literally no one in the history of the world has worn that outfit let alone like a young woman in like a glamorous job like would never wear that like what do you what are you talking about so I really find like describing clothes choosing accurate clothes for the person that I'm writing about I really like that and that's very important to me 
Um, in my adult debut, Welcome to Your Life, because um, my first two books were for young people, in my adult debut, I made the character make her own clothes because um, I just felt like that's quite a useful vehicle for exploring someone's, like, self-expression and like how that changes over the course of the book like what she makes and what she feels like empowered to wear so clothes are very important to me and my characters nice nice i can see that can we talk about your next fabric um is it the marameco yeah yeah tell me so this one is from a marameco for uniqlo collab and it is like i don't even know how to describe it it's like kind of floral illustration with like little black and white bits behind it it's like red and orange black and white um kind of some pink and it's just so cute I think so there's a word that I use all the time and I've probably used it like a million times on this already I use it in my books all the time my favorite word is chic yeah and I think Marameco is just very chic um it really is it's just like cool it's like Marnie you know like it's yes. just like it's cool and grown up like it's never going to pretend to be anything other than what it is um has no aspiration towards like trend it's just very like self-confident and yeah I love Marameca and I love that pattern and I have it on a bomber jacket like a, a puffer jacket from Uniqlo you know the classic Uniqlo yeah. puffer jacket and literally I get so many compliments on it, like from random strangers in like Bruges. I, you know, a man stopped me to tell me he liked my jacket. Um, and I just think it's so cool and like eye catching. And I think with like winter coats and jackets, we have like a tendency to go for quite like plain conservative things. And I just thought, but this is fun and it's what I like. It always feels a shame in the winter to put on a great outfit and then put your like brown coat on top. Yes. I mean, I do love a brown, uh, like a... I call it the uh, Home Alone mum coat. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Sort of long brown coat. Yeah. But it always feels like you're kind of squashing something when you put it on. Whereas this one is like Very just fun. another layer of fun. Yeah, I love it. And just the pattern, I just love it. Can you tell me about um, clothing for fitness? I know you're really into yes. uh, running. You inspired me to start running. Um and also spinning yep. at the moment. Tell me about like how you choose your clothes for that. So I wear, so I do like intentional physical exercise like most days, whether that's like spinning or running or walking. I sometimes go to the gym to like pump iron, but I don't enjoy that as much. Um, and I only really wear one brand of clothes to work out in, which is Girlfriend Collective, who I love. Um, unfortunately, they are not patterned. They're very color block monochrome um and yeah just where I tend to work out in leggings and a sports bra when I go spinning and then if I'm running I put a t-shirt over the sports bra um but maybe in the heat of summer I will be very brave and just not wear a t-shirt because you know I see like thin girlies on the street dressed like that I have seen many thin girlies in the last couple of days in like sports bra and little hot pant um shorts kind of thing so you know if it's good enough for them it's good enough for me absolutely absolutely I remember being in New York while pregnant during the summer of 2016 and it got to like 38 degrees Celsius and I finally understood the way they dress in girls yeah and how yeah, yeah. like everybody is just wearing like the tiniest yeah. amount of clothes and there was something wonderfully empowering I mean it was also like I had this massive bump so it was quite fun to dress the bump but I was like fully in kind of 
tiny shorts yeah. and tiny tops and like someone came up to me and said I looked like I was from Clueless uh, which was the biggest compliment yeah. I've ever been given. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I'm thinking about this a lot because I feel like in America, especially in New York, and I, I've had it in like LA as well, but like people really talk to you and like compliment your outfits and like what you're wearing. And like if you're wearing like a cool necklace or whatever, they'll you'll know about it. And I feel like every time it happens to me, and like it occasionally happens to me here, and I feel like I should do that more. Yes. We should do that more. We should. We should tell someone when they look cool. It's always a nice thing. Yeah. Also, you know, there's just no world in which people do not like being told that they're cool. It's, it's a generous yeah. gift we can give. Now. I agree. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can you tell me about tattoos as pattern? You've got quite a lot of tattoos. Mm, I do. And I know that you kind of collect them-ish? Yeah, so I have I I've really slowed down in the last few years, um, but I I do have like a, one that I got last year, and yeah, I just think you know just like cool little things. I'm quite like unsentimental about them. It doesn't have to be like deep and meaningful. Um, sometimes they just look cool, like this pink wig one. I love the pink wig. The pink wig is so cool. It's really good, and I also love this like patterned face. The lady face. Yeah, yeah. and like these a little like peony. celeb tattoos like the, the artists not really. who are making them now they're no i mean they look quite iconic like they might be kind of no it's more they're not like necessarily like famous tattooists but they're tattoos by people that have like a thing so like the the guy that did the um the pink wig like does like hair like right. that's what his tattoos are and like the guy that did the face like does ones that look like this mm -hmm. so i think that's maybe why i end up with quite good ones because i tend to go it's not like i have an idea for a tattoo and then I get it done by someone. I go to someone because I think what they do is cool. Yeah. And so I end up with like quite random, interesting tattoos, but that are well executed because it's like the specialist thing of the person that does them. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And your most iconic tattoo, of course, is, is the, the donut. Donut. Which Can was one of my, that? that was my idea. Um, and it's, it's like a pink sugary donut. Probably doesn't look that dissimilar to the Tottenham cake that you have brought me that I will eat on the train to Oxford that I'm going to later. Little treat from Greg's. I love it. Um, <laughs> and it's just like a pink sugary donut with like sprinkles. You know, like kind of like what they'd have on The Simpsons. Yes. And it says live fat, die yum around it. And I just got it like maybe 10 years ago as a sort of empowering statement. 
and I do not regret it. I love it. It's so good. It's very fun. Yeah. It's um it's nice how the patterns of your clothing interact with the patterns yes. of the tattoos and it's sort of like another layer yeah. of pattern on pattern Agreed. overload. It's uh it's always on. Um can you tell me about your next fabric, which is the lilac gingham? So the lilac gingham that I chose is on a dress that I got in New York last year from a brand called Ray, W-R-A-Y, which is probably my favorite like size inclusive brand. Like it's not specifically for plus size people, but they do like a really wide range of sizes. They just make really cool, fun clothes. They do amazing patterns. Um, and this, this one is actually a more like chill pattern for them. And it's just on like seersucker fabric and it's like a wrap dress, but like a cool wrap dress. Don't worry. Um, and not Trini and Susanna vibe. Yeah, exactly. Like it's very not Trini and Susanna. Um, it's got like puff sleeves and yeah, very cool. And you can like tie it on the side or tie it like loads of different ways. I love it. And I love gingham maybe because like I loved... Um, the Wizard of Oz growing up like a little you know like a little childhood me like I watched a lot of like MGM musicals and like old old films um when I was a little baby and yeah gingham just always feels like like a happy happy place and um feels like home yeah exactly there's There's no no place place like like home home. (laughs) and yeah I, I just think gingham is a very classic um pattern and it's probably of all the patterns that I chose, like it's definitely the most like chill one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like gingham is like having a, has been having a moment for the last couple of years. You know, it's hard to move for all of the gingham midi dresses, and I think that's okay. Mm. I like some of them more than others, but I love this one, and I just love the lilac. I think the lilac gives it a little je ne sais quoi. I think there's something um, possibly almost psychological about checks and gingham that is very that that I think some people have a pull towards and I wonder sometimes whether it's got anything related to that thing where people have a fear of honeycomb you know like oh yeah holes in nature trypophobia yeah Yeah. um and whether there's a kind of opposite where it's like an actual draw towards a grid yeah maybe no no I I yeah because I find myself sometimes dressing head to toe in checks yeah like cardigan uh, dress socks you know and then I'm like oh okay have I taken it too far yeah no no definitely not but uh but also I wonder there's something very guttural about the pull towards a check pattern I think is quite yeah special. maybe for you it acts as a neutral like you perceive mm. it as a neutral like because mm. I think a lot of the time you wouldn't wear like three patterns together but if it's check it's somehow like Yes, that's evens true. Evens itself out. Well, they almost kind of meet up they with harmonize. one another. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it's just like different tones of the same It's music. like they're different but the same. Yeah. And you can just kind of do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Can you tell me about, like, your approach to craft and kind of making things yourself? Because I know that you crochet. I and love to crochet. So, yeah. Yeah. In lockdown, I started making polymer clay earrings, which was really fun because, as I said, I got made redundant from my job and I was like, what is a thing that I can do from home that will stop me from getting bored and will maybe make me a little bit of money? And I started making polymer clay earrings, which I don't do anymore because, weirdly, it sounds really silly, I got a long-haired cat called Paddington 
And he kind of makes it difficult to do these kinds of things <laughs> just because he's very curious and gets all up in your shit. But also he has long hair and like I can't stop long hair getting into polymer clay and because <laughs> it's very it sticky a new, yeah a new feature a new design feature, feature. Um, so yeah just in I, I ended up having other stuff to do and also getting my cat and between those two things I stopped doing it but it was really fun and crochet is the same and what I love about both of them is like finding cool color combinations and like f- just making stuff that I think looks cool yeah yeah, I feel like you have a kind of natural touch to turn things. Maybe we call it the Midas touch. Maybe we can. Uh, to sort of whatever you touch just comes out good. And also people really lap it up, it seems. Like the, yeah, it's you, nice. You know, there's not, it's, it's, it's easy to say you made some polymer clay earrings and then they made you a bit of money. But like you really, people yeah, were buying them. people were buying them. And yeah, they were really cool. I wonder whether it's something that I learned from you. I'm not sure. But is this a true fact that crochet items can only be made by hand? Yes, that is true. You did learn that maybe from me. So so if you see them in a fast fashion shop, they've been made by a person. Yeah, who were probably paid like 20p. Um, You do occasionally, and this is not like a get out of jail free card for people to buy it, but you do very occasionally get things that look like they're crocheted that are actually knitted. Okay. which you can machine, you can machine automate knitting, but you cannot machine automate crochet. Don't know why. It's just one of those things. Um, but it is also always worth bearing in mind that y- although you can machine automate things, a person still operates the machine. Yeah. So everything that you wear ever is made by a person. And so if you're buying it for very little money, that means probably nothing good happened at one end of the supply chain. Mm. Shall I tell you about my final... Please do. My final uh, pattern, which is what I'm wearing right now. Yes. So this is from Batsheva. Um, uh, that's nice. Do you I like that? that? Yeah, I like yeah. Batsheva. Chic. I, I didn't know that they did this kind of pattern. Like well, a, tell me. I'll tell you. So this is the May style from Batsheva, which is one of their like classic shapes that they make. Um, but this was a collaboration that they did with Laura Ashley. Oh. So this is a Laura Ashley fabric on a Batsheva shape. And Amazing. I love it. I love it so much. I got it in the Net-A-Porter sale um, at Christmas. And I just think it's so cute. So it's like strawberries. It's just like strawberries on a vine yes. with little tiny little yellow flowers on a white background. And it's just... I just think it's so cute. And obviously, again, as children of the 90s, I do feel like Laura Ashley has like a place in totally. the imag- the cultural imagination of like, you know, kind of like good taste in a way. Like it yeah. was kind of like a, like not habitat, like not kind of like new, um, cool, but like old and stylish. Yeah. Also, what I didn't realise is that they licensed a lot of fabrics a lot of prints from other kind of printmakers so i remember visiting charleston yeah, House, yeah, yeah. Um, where the bloomsbury group lived and one of the omega fabrics which is one of the designs that they made um looked exactly like a laura ashley fabric and um and then looking into it discovered that it was mm. hilarious story my friend connie and i um made a song about it which is the world's worst song and I have it going round in my head now. Uh, shall I sing a bit of it? Yes. It goes, Omega. Oh, 
good fabric. Looks like Laura Ashley fabric. That's really interesting because it's a Laura <laughs> Ashley fabric. <laughs> and can you believe we got our friend Tom Rosenthal, the celebrated Yeah, the famous and celebrated musician. To help us write that song. And he couldn't get anything better out of us. <laughs> I love that you, you just got it right first time. Straight out of the box. You wrote the optimal version. Even Tom could not improve on he it. He could not improve. Yeah, I think he was just trying to wrangle us somewhere, and that's as far as we managed to get. <laughs> anyway, I respect it. Top, top, uh, top fact about Laura Ashley, and similarly, I think they had some William Morris fabrics too. So, but this is a really special yeah, one. Yeah, I it's, love it. This has a kind of boldness to it, which really appeals, yeah. and I love the yellow outline of the flower. It's so subtle, yeah, uh, but so kind of special, and I really enjoyed drawing it. I think the slab. something I've realised from crochet is that I really like um, black or white background with like bright accents on it. So I made like a little waistcoat the other day um, with like a little um, tie at the front, um, which is like black with like bright stuff. So yeah, I think that's the thing that I've learned about what I like. So nice. Yeah. But yeah, I just I love this pattern. I think it's so cute for summer, and it's made of cotton, so it's very nice and cool. Nice. Cool, because it's very hot today. It is sweltering. Is there a pattern that got away? I feel like I'm going to say not that I can think of, but I'll probably think of one after I leave. But in general, I don't think so. I think I've either like achieved or accepted it is gone. Is there a brand that you like are desperate to have something from or like a particular pattern that you feel is lacking from your collection that you're like... I mean, you mentioned Marnie earlier. Yeah. That's probably like high on my list of dream purchases. They've they? got quite a lot of like bright kind of st like striped stuff, um, like blocky stripes. And I think that would be nice for me. Nice. That would be a nice thing for me personally to have. Or like yeah. Missoni. Yes. Um, or like Etro kind of. Okay, um, like the classic. Paisley, like kind of, yeah, Italian mm. something. Yeah. Chic. Chic. She's chic. <laughs> And uh, which of these patterns would you save from a house fire? Probably the probably the Karen Maybon pajamas, just because I think it's so unique and special. I think it's so cool, and it's also helped me learn loads of like obscure Agatha Christie books because I I have this fantasy of going on pointless, and so I um. I like to try and retain like obscure things. Like if I watch a film, I try and remember three people that are in the film that are like random people. And so with my Karen Maybon pajamas, I try and remember like three random Agatha Christie books. Excellent. Yeah. That is so good. I love to imagine you on there and it coming up, the Ag Agatha Christie question, and then you just like scanning your Being mental... Like, a cat among the pigeons um yeah like just three like the dumb waiter like yeah <laughs> things that i just i i only know like slumdog millionaireing it from my karen maybon pajamas i love it i yeah. can't wait to watch that <laughs> play out on screen fingers crossed <laughs> thank you so much Bethany, it's been a delight thank you for having me love to chat You've been listening to Pattern Portraits with me, Lauren Godfrey. Follow us on Instagram at Pattern Portraits Podcast. The limited edition print accompanying this episode is available to buy now on laurengodfrey.co.uk. Join us next week for another chat about pattern.
Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.